Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Reunited and it feels so good. Here's Rick Santorum. Hi, Rick. How you doing, Sue? Boy, it's been a, a day or two, hasn't it, Rick? I, I just, you just, uh, you're an amazing uh, testament to, uh, you know, uh, your talent and your uh, your ability to uh, to, to hold and, and, and grab a listenership. I mean, not too many folks uh, can hold on to that slot and do as well as you've done for all these years. Congratulations. I work cheap. <laughs> well, that may help, too. Yeah, yeah right? I think that's the reason why it's it's been such a, a long time for me. But it's nice to hear your voice again. And that Thank boom, you. there you are back in the fray. Did you miss the scrum when you were out of it? Are you happy to be uh, back no, in it? No, not really. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the uh, yeah, I've I've uh, I certainly enjoyed uh, the uh, the opportunity to be able to do it. I think millions of Americans sitting on the sidelines, sitting there as a private citizen, looking at the mess in Washington, is saying, "Heck, I could do a better job than those guys are doing." Uh, and so I decided to. Uh, people said people have asked me, you know, uh, why are you doing this? Uh, aside from the fact that I have a disabled child who's, who's got pre-existing conditions, and I'm I'm concerned about her health care and the ability to. Uh, that we have a system that's going to continue to innovate and, and drive drive down cost and uh, for for people to be able to afford insurance and improve the healthcare system in this country. Uh, I'm doing it because I can. Uh, because uh, you know, I've, uh, when I come up here and I uh, threw some ideas around and said, you know, I'm willing to help try to put something together. People said, yeah, I would love your help. And and so that makes I guess makes it different uh, that I've actually done this. I actually. Uh, left the fight, as you know, years ago to reform welfare and did an entitlement reform. And <clears throat> basically, uh, I'm suggesting the same approach uh, to to this problem as we did successfully in a bipartisan way, I might add, 20 years ago. So uh, I think that's the reason uh, that people have, uh, have accepted my uh, my helping hand here. Bipartisan. That's a, How about that? Yeah, that does not seem to be a term that is associated with health care reform <clears throat> ever. What kind of friendships do you have with Democrats? Oh, I mean, I, I testified before the Senate Finance Committee yesterday, and, uh, you know, several of the Democrats uh, on, on the forum, Tom Carper, who I worked with on, on welfare reform, frankly, and uh, Ron Wyden, who I worked, who supported me on welfare reform, who were uh, who were there. I, I worked with Tom. He wasn't in the Senate then. He was a governor. He's a governor of Delaware. Um, so, you know, I I have good relationships there. But it's it's just frustrating. I mean, if you think of the two things that uh, this Graham Cassidy bill does, the first thing is it takes a Medicaid program, which has doubled in size in the federal government over the past twenty years. So it's not, it was, you know, I think five percent of, of of the budget. Now it's like ten percent of the budget. Uh, but f- 20 years ago, Bill Clinton proposed, "Hey, let's—it's growing too fast." And he was right. Look, it's—it's—it's it's, it's doubled in size, and it's not that the federal government isn't growing, but it's even fast growing at twice the rate of the federal government growing. That's how fast Medicaid is growing. And and so what 
what uh, what Bill Clinton was back in 1995 was, hey, let's just put a cap on this. Let's just cap it at, at inflation, at regular inflation, and and that way, you know, we know that it'll grow uh, as the economy grows. Um, and every single Democrat in the United States, Ted Kennedy, John Kerry, Joe Biden, you name it, every Democratic senator uh, signed on to that bill and said, yes, you know, we, we need to put this this growth cap on Medicaid. Republicans have proposed the same thing, only the difference is the growth is actually higher. Under Bill Clinton, he suggested it grows at the rate of inflation of the economy. What Republicans have said is, no, we'll, we'll let it grow at the rate of medical inflation. So we don't, we're not going to grow it if the you know, economy, for some reason, energy or food prices are down. That doesn't really that have that much impact on health care. So we'll grow it at a higher rate, which is the growth of medical inflation. And and if you listen to the response from Democrats, it's like it's the most draconian horror. They call it draconian cuts and outrageous, and all you're doing is hurting the poor. And this was their idea. And that's where we've come in bipartisanship, that even if you propose something that was supported by Bill Clinton and every single Democrat 20 years ago, it's now considered, you know, this outrageous uh, assault on poor people. And certainly that's been part Rick, of the the blowback here is that we see a lot of individuals who have appeared. Well, you were there yesterday, so you saw them in person. Sure was. But there are people who come out of the woodwork and they say, this will hurt me. I have ovarian cancer. This will mean I can have health care. And it's such a powerful thing (laughs) for people to say that. In public, we say, oh, my gosh, how could we possibly hurt this woman? Um, do you believe that this would be as, as hurtful as the opposition claims? If I did, I wouldn't be for it. Uh, look, I, as I said, uh, I want this system, healthcare system, to be a better system. I want it to be a more innovative system. I want it to be driven by more quality and, and better care for people. And what I've seen is that Medicaid is not that, and that Obamacare is not that, that, that these ideas that the federal government has an idea, and it's, we're going to apply it to every single state in every way, and this is what everybody's going to have. And by the way, we're, not going, to, we're going to spend whatever it takes. There's no limit on Medicaid spending. There's no limit on, on Obamacare spending. And as a result of that, there's no responsibility for anybody involved in the system to control costs. Why? Because there's just more money. And it's like anything. It's look at look at higher education. There's no limit on the amount of student loans and everything. And so is real. What it's going crazy and it's making it, what's happening is for working men and women and trying to put their kids through college. They can't. Or for kids who are trying to go through college, they're 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 saddled with these huge debts. Anytime the government says, "Hey, don't worry about the money. We got it. You go ahead and we'll, you take care of whoever you want to take care of." The problem is it costs somebody, and and it doesn't require anybody in the system to actually think about how do we do this better? How do we do this more efficiently? How do we try to you know, create the right incentives to drive quality? Because if you drive quality in healthcare, it's really almost like, almost like any other area. The better the quality, the lower the cost. Now, that's contrary in some, some respects to, you know, well, if you want a really good you know, uh, uh, telephone or iPhone, you know, it's going to cost more. But the difference is... If you improve quality, particularly in the hospital, which is where most of the money is spent in our healthcare system, you actually lower infection rates. You lower readmission rates. You get people out of the hospital sooner. The better you drive quality, 
the lower the the overall cost is. And that's that's what people don't understand that we don't have a system because we don't have a budget that drives governors and 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 presidents or anybody who's running this system to create a better system to create better innovation to lower cost. Okay, so what you're looking at um, is some sort of a, a best practices model. Is that right? That's exactly what you, every state under the under the proposal. You take the money. That's that's. There's two two proposals in the bill. One is deals with Medicaid, and I described that before. It's what President Clinton proposed to control cost. Uh, but it's at the same time. It, let me just make one point about Medicaid. We're saying that Medicaid has to grow at the rate of overall medical inflation. In other words, the overall increase in cost of medicine is what, what, what Medicare can grow at. For those who say that that's going to slash Medicare, what you're saying is that Medicare can't be as efficient as the rest of the medical economy because the rest of the medical economy is growing at this rate this year. But Medicaid... For some reason, this government program that everybody hails is the most wonderful thing. Oh, it's so great, it's so cost-effective, so efficient. It gives such great care. But for some reason, it can't grow at the rate of, every, of Medicare. It can't grow at the rate of, uh, of TRICARE. It can't grow at the rate of employer-provided insurance or the individual market. That's just ridiculous and that that's going to be a big slash in cuts and, and cut in, in funding. The other, other part of the bill says we'll take Obamacare. Remember, Obamacare was about expanding Medicaid and creating these exchanges for people to get subsidies, tax credits, on low-income people to get tax credits so they can help afford insurance. That system has failed just dramatically. Uh, and even the Democrats admit. I mean, you've got Bernie Sanders out there saying, we, you know, Obamacare's failed. He was on a debate last night saying it's failed. We need a new system. So when the left and the right agree that Obamacare has failed, probably it's it's probably a good a good a good thing to sort of let's just agree that it's not working. So it's not working. So what we're saying is, look, we have a system that's not working. Twenty years ago, we had a system in welfare that wasn't working. It wasn't doing what it was supposed to do to help people in poverty. And so what we did is let's get it back to the states. Which, by the way, I don't know of any national health insurance company. Every Blue Cross plan is either a regional or a statewide plan. Every every company that sells insurance in in in, in this in this in the United States sells it either in a region of the state or in a state, but they don't start sell it across state lines. So why do we have a national policy for healthcare when we have state healthcare policy uh, in in reality? So let's get it to the states. Let let them compete against each other in the sense of finding good and innovative things that work best. Uh, let's innovation drive, drive it. If people and and let let each state try different things. If California wants to do single payer, they can do single payer. In fact, one of the people, some of the people on the right, some conservatives are saying, "Well, you know, you're, this is a terrible idea because states are, can keep Obamacare and states can do single payer." Yes, they can, because we're going to let states go out and try to do what they think is in the best interest of the people in their state. And the idea that only Washington cares about the people, tell Governor Wolf whether he cares about the people in his state. Ask, you know, uh, your, your, your state representatives and state senators whether they care. Here's the difference. If you don't like what Pennsylvania's done, you can go to your state rep, you can go to your state senator. But if you don't like what Obamacare is doing in your state, who do you go to? You go to some bureaucrat in Washington? Because your senator, if, if, you've got, if you've got most states doing well and your state doing badly, well, they're not going to change in the federal government. But if your state's doing poorly in your state, then you can change the governor. You can change your senator. You can actually get something done to, to make it better in your own state.
All this being said, Rick, it looks like this uh, proposal might fail. Um, here's what I would say about that. I, I'm, I'm actually uh, sitting in Senator Graham's office right now. Uh, we just had a, a good long conversation, and uh, you know, we're very optimistic about the future of this bill and uh, whether uh, whether this week works. Uh, we just get you know time constraints and all sorts of other things that are that are making it difficult to get it together. But uh, we feel very very confident that this is the only alternative left to Obamacare, and uh, and that Republicans are beginning to wrap their heads around that. Uh, you know, we're right now, I believe if a vote were held today in the United States Senate, uh, there'd probably be 49 votes for this. Uh, and, and uh, you know, that's, that's not bad. Uh, 49 votes is a pretty good number. Uh, that's one short of, of what we would need with the vice president to get that passed. I don't think anything else in that's being contemplated will come close to getting 49 votes in the United States Senate. So uh, there's two other windows of opportunities. Um, one would be you know at the end of this year, and one would be probably in February, March of next year. Uh, my recommendation is that we take our time. Uh, you know, one of the big complaints, the biggest complaint when I testified yesterday at the Finance Committee was, oh, there hasn't been enough hearings, there hasn't been enough reports. Uh, I, one of the things I, I feel good about that this this bill will stand up against the all the scrutiny that uh, that anybody wants to bring to it. And in fact, the more information that's known about it, the more that we have an opportunity to take you know some more input and maybe make another tweak or two to this. Uh, I think is a good thing. I think this is the this will replace Obamacare. I have no doubt in my mind that this eventually will pass and uh, will end up with a much superior healthcare system as a result. Do you think the the longer that this goes along and the the more people see that uh, Obamacare premiums will increase and and so on and so forth, it might make this so attractive that maybe 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 even Democrats might support it. Maybe I think that's one of, you know one of the things that that I, has been a real problem because we tried to reach out to some Democrats and. Uh, Several, several of them mentioned to us that, you know, in principle, they, they're not really against this, but there's two issues. Number one, uh, they don't have enough information, and there was, you know, this is sort of late in the process, and all the information that's out there is really negative. Uh, so that's one problem. Second problem is they have a political problem. Uh, they, they can't be seen as, as uh, trying to undermine uh, Obamacare or they'll lose their primary election. Uh, Bill Cassidy yesterday when he testified before the, the Finance Committee, he had a bill that he introduced with Susan Collins. So this is Bill Cassidy and Susan Collins supported this bill. It is It allows states to keep Obamacare. I mean, it, it doesn't no block rate. It's just you if you want Obamacare, you can keep it, but allow other states to do some other things if they want to. He couldn't find a single Democrat, and not one. Uh, and and Susan Collins was on this bill, so it's just the, the idea. And this, you hear this: oh, we should do it in a bipartisan fashion. Bipartisanship to the Democrats is give Obamacare more money to prop it up. Uh, and 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 right now, you know, the the federal government, according to uh, CBO, right now under uh, what was projected at the time Obamacare passed, was that they were going to the, the, in 2016. That the federal government would spend 132 billion dollars, and 20, uh, 21 million people would be covered under Obamacare. Well, guess what? Only 10.5 million people are covered under Obamacare, and it still spent 110 billion dollars. So it spent almost as much money to cover less than half the people. That is not a system that's working well. That is a huge expenditure of money, almost over 10,000 dollars a person 
to get some, to get coverage. That is that's just an enormous expense with very very little benefit. Uh, you know, for the expense, there's a better way to do this, and that's what we're going to continue to push hard on. Rick Santorum. It's always great to hear what you're up to. I know it's been a while, and uh, I have to ask you how is your how is your daughter Bella doing? She is uh, well. She she has a she has she's got a cold today. So lo- last night was a long mm. night for mom and dad Santorum, and uh, mm. you know, because she has a pretty nasty little cold that's been going around the family. But she is doing. She's nine years old. Uh, she just had a major uh, back surgery. Uh, it, to correct, she has a very bad uh, scoliosis, and uh, so she had a you know seven-hour surgery. But uh, she came through it with flying colors. We were so blessed that she got such great care, and uh, and so you know we're you know we're we're just, we're an example of what a great healthcare system can do to keep a child who's very very fragile and parents who very are devoted and loving and and caring for that child that. You know, miracles can happen, and, and we want to make sure that, that that dynamic system is still around and available. And, and you know, Bernie Care for everybody, Medicare for everybody is, is not going to do that. Obamacare is, is not going to do that. Let's, let's have faith in, uh, in, in the innovative and the power and, the, and the, you know, what's, what's created the telecommunications revolution, what's created, uh, you know, the financial services revolution. All these revolutions that have occurred, health care is being held back. By, by the government, and what we need to do is make sure that we have sufficient government controls to make sure that nobody falls through the cracks but allows for innovation and, and, and the dynamism of the system to take place. And that's the balancing act that I think we, we accomplish with, uh, with this Graham-Cassidy proposal. All right. Well, thanks for uh, giving us a call today and, and letting us know what's, what's happening. We sure do appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Sue. Thanks so much. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.